Welcome back to the Uriwe Podcast, the podcast that tells African stories. I'm Ceci. And I'm Halima. Hi, everyone. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing about the African concept of land. And we have Imisi with us. I'm guessing by now everyone knows who Imisi is. Imisi, say hi. Hi, guys. It's good to be here again. Yeah. So we're going to be discussing the concept of land in Africa, like contrasting the pre-colonial time and now like in the post-colonial era so Imisi do you want to go ahead and like give us a backstory of what land means and stuff like that in pre-colonial Africa uh okay uh well land is generally discussed from an economic point of view um not just in Africa but in many places but in Africa in the uh, pre-colonial times land used to lie more in the place of cosmology, philosophy, and spirituality. And that's because Africans have always believed in and they've always revered um, three planes of existence. Um, This is also known as the concept of time and space in in the African world. Uh, So Africans have always believed that there's the land of the living, land of the dead, and the land of the unborn. I don't know whether you guys have heard about this, have you? Um, I, I, <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to think of like, is it like cited thingy? But I, I get the three concepts of existence. Yeah, so it's it's like a thing. That's what Africans believed in, and that also equates with them believing that there's a celestial plane, a terrestrial plane, as well as an extraterrestrial plane. And so this. Uh, three levels of existence are always in communication and in connection. And for this uh, connection to be complete or to actualize this concept, uh, connection, land becomes very important. So um, the African concept of land basically is that land is seen as a spiritual entity, as something of philosophy, as something that gives identity to people and something that gives something of uh, that is beyond a commodity or an economic entity. Okay, interesting. But, you know, Imisi, do you think, and Ceci as well, do you guys think that in pre-colonial Africa, land was not like, I get that it was all these things, but there was also the economic aspect. Because you, you guys know that people used to give birth to a lot of children so they could like, amass more land and like grow more crops or something or was that during the colonial era i feel like even during the pre-colonial era land was probably important to people for economic reasons like you said because like the more um land you have probably the more food you have especially Mm -hmm. when you have another family so with the more land you have the more like your family can sell and the more food you can produce for them to eat but and I want to know Missy's perspective on this for me, historical. Like. Uh, yeah, you're, you're actually right. Um, land as a means of production or by extension an economic entity was not, I can't say it was squarely inexistent during the pre-colonial time, but the point is that it was subsumed under the cosmological and the um, 
spiritual concepts, like it was subsumed under a more uh, under a broader concept. Um, and how you would know this is, for example, when the during the advent of the Europeans, you know, um, there was the the orientation of the Europeans generally is that land is strictly a, com- a, a commodity. That's why you have the issue of, you know, that time you had serfs in, you know, the Anglo-Saxon periods and all of that issue of serfs. You had vassals, you had fiefdom. So land was like a thing. So, for example, when the white people came, they saw vast lands and that was like an opportunity for them. It was like a windfall. And you could even see this in the, in the Berlin Conference, for example, where Africa was partitioned just like a national cake, like Portugal says, okay, they want to take this part of Africa. Germany says, okay, they want this part. So it was like the land is seen like an, an economic entity strictly. So there's nothing beyond that. But Africa is also seen as that. I mean, people inherit lands, people want to have lands for economic use, but that's not the primary importance of land. So that, that's, that's my own opinion on that. Oh, nice. Okay, we also have to remember that with, with talk of land, we also have to think of resources that come with land. So a lot of the colonial struggle for Africa basically was due to the resources that were embedded in the land, um, which is like, I don't know if um, pre-colonial times people really had those resources in mind so much at Think of them as commodities and things like that because possibly the land was not even that excavated and that um tilled so people were not really aware of what they sat on until you know colonialism came and started making people aware that okay you know you could just be lucky enough to have a house that sit, you know petrol sits on or a house that there's gold on that or you know something like that um i think that you know, okay, I think my my thing with this thing is that I like to I like to think that Africans in pre-colonial Africa had some sort of agency, right? So I think that they knew that the land they had or something, it had like resources in it. But the, the I think the issue is that they didn't know what they could turn these resources in into, if that makes sense. Because I mean there was the trade and barter system. So that means people knew that if if they produce something and another person produced something, they could exchange it for something. There was the cowrie thing as currency. So I just think that it wasn't in the colonial sense. I don't know if I'm making sense. Do you guys get my argument or not? Yeah. Yes, you are. You are definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, you are. But um, I think the point here is that yes, there was that. We had butter and like you said, those currencies, but we didn't have a way of first is we didn't have a way of harnessing these resources of harnessing the entirety of these resources that's on the one hand and on the other hand we did not even place emphasis on these resources because our emphasis were on other things during the pre-colonial times and why i think this is the case is because africans have been mystical people like they've always believed believed in mystical life so what they see land as is like something that is that leads like like a physical portal to something else like something that is more spiritual than anything else that's why when people talk about land for example you hear about ancestral worships 
that is maybe ancestral worship has to do with like idolization of people that are dead, people that had tremendous uh, influence on the on people while they were alive. So a lot of people tend to reverence that idealistic prowess and they always appease dead people. And this can only be done through land. So imagine how important that is that you can intercede for the living through the dead and using land as a vehicle. Do you understand? Yeah. So this is so like that's... when you have a drink and you pour the first um, sip or something. <laughs> on the yeah, that's similar. That's that's libation. Libation is like you're just giving respect to the dead. But ancestral worship is more than libation. Ancestral worship is worshipping dead people that had influence on the people while they were alive. You're actually worshipping them that, okay, this dead person is closer to the gods. So you're worshipping them so that they can intercede for you in real life. And that's that that's, that sounds really important than any form of resources that I mean material resource that the land has over the people. Yes. Yeah, so Missy, why don't you tell us about um, your perspective on how land has kind of or how the idea of land in the minds of Africans has kind of evolved from pre-colonial times to present times now? Oh, okay. Um, well, in my opinion. Uh, I'll first state some of the concepts of land. Like, I mean, that's the essence of this topic in the first place. I already said that land is not seen as a commodity or an economic entity, but land is like an individual possession. It's not an individual possession. It's like a gift from God. You know, Africans have always believed that many things are gifts from God. When you have a child, they'd be like, ah, it's a gift from God. Even when people die, they'd be like, it's God that made it so. So, We've always been religious people. So land is a gift from God. And land also functions as something that has judicial power. Okay? So land, yeah, for example, when let's say someone has been betrothed and then uh, that person goes to cheat with someone else. Like I've seen a story, there was a story one time uh, one of the best, greatest authors in Africa, Ruth Amadi, talked about how someone cheated and then someone was betrothed to someone else and the person cheated. And so the person was just by the lake one day and a cobra spat on the person and the person died. Oh, so, interesting. So, yes. That's, Where is that's this the I've never heard of this. Tell yeah, that's the, the name of that text is The Concubine by Elechi Amadi. So that's just an example. I'm just trying to state how land can have judicial power. Like it functions as a a jury. Some sort of law, right? Yeah, Yeah, like some sort of law or something. Mm -hmm. So that's also an important part of land. And of course, I I said that land functions as a physical portal into a spiritual realm. That is, people can talk to their gods through land. That is when they pour libations on the floor when they have like effigies of gods and then they pour things on it and everything so it's like a physical potter into a spiritual realm land also you know functions as a superstructure that is um ensures that people take care of the environment and wildlife so that's why we have taboos. That's why we have injunctions and everything in the pre-colonial times. Like there were sacred sites that you could not go to. There were pools and waters that you could not bathe inside just because people believed that spirits 
were dwelling in that kind of water. So lands were like, land was all those things in the pre-colonial times. But with the advent of the uh, white people, uh, there was a deprivation, not just a psychological deprivation, really, like a physical collection of the dwelling place of the African peoples, as well as you know, um, a reduction in the spiritual presence in the land of African people. So Africans started to see land beyond the spiritual being as an entity as well. Because of course, when you collect people's land and start to dwell on it and start to partition it, lease it, sell it, you know, exchange yeah. it, people, yeah, people will start seeing it as, as something different. Mm -hmm. And so like many other cultures of the white people that we have uh, collected, I think we have started to see land as a commodity as well. Yep. What do you guys think? I find that um, I find that people tend to actually idealize pre-colonial, the pre-colonial era, and think of it as some kind of you know wonderful era where it was the land of milk and honey, and there were no problems and no disputes. I mean, it is. I, I'm sure it was much better than the, the you know the colonial era itself, and even post-colonial. But I'm not so sure if I would say that you know people had this idealistic view of land and there was no kind of human element of greed and stuff involved and of of like um pride and of all these vices basically because I, I believe that humans are humans and humans have always been humans so I think that there must have been land disputes you know similar to how they are now perhaps not as um drawn out and not on the same basis so but I think you know it's likely that they were they were also issues regarding land and also disputes regarding land and also you know fights and maybe they were resolved in different ways however I don't know what do you think Helen? um I actually agree with you I think that we tend to romanticize like what happened before the white people came in like on the African continent and with land I think that because if you if you guys there's some books I've read and stuff, but they're mostly fictional. Well, fictionals are the ones that are not real, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. They're mostly like fictional articles and books and stuff, but it's, it, they're just like stories that say how one of the reasons why the, why this um, transatlantic slave trade thing was successful is because Africans were selling other Africans to take like the land of other people. Do you get? So that means land has not yes. always been this like... I mean, it has like religious and um, spirituality and all, all those things. It has all those values, but still they view, Africans have always viewed, viewed land as something of like economic related, something that can make the money and stuff. Yeah, a commodity basically. Yeah. Yeah, well, I agree with you guys. I can't say, I mean, we always paint this perfect picture of the pre-colonial pre times, but I don't think there's ever a period of utopia. So yep. it, it had its, its own veins as well. But I think the point is just that how people, how the white people painted it was not the way it was. They were like, we did not have anything that there was no language, you know, there was no linguistic prowess that we only reason between the bouts of maybe shelter, food, and maybe sex, that there was no structure. Do you get? Mm -hmm. And this was not the case. Like we had structure, we had law, we had the way our societies functioned. We were imperfect, right? But yeah. of course, we were people and we were thinking beings. Mm -hmm. So I think that's it. 
And, and do you guys think when you talk about patriarchy and land, what do you guys think? Do you have do you guys have an opinion on that? Like in the present day? I have very strong opinions. If I start talking, I will not stop. <laughs> but in some parts of Africa, especially let's say the east, the eastern part of Nigeria, I can say. Um, although you know there are a lot of disputing um opinions on this. So people say, oh, you know, it is actually our our heritage that says that women are not allowed to inherit land. Some people say, actually, no, your heritage says women are allowed to inherit land. It's colonialism that gave you this idea. And you think it's your heritage. And then there are other people that, like, you know, there are just a lot of different perspectives. And then even there's a Supreme Court ruling in Nigeria now, which mandates that, like, law can and should pass on to, like, the female relative, the closest, like, relative of the person who who died, let's say, as an inheritance. I, but we I know that, that that's not the case. We know that sometimes people will come for for like the family to the family of a man who didn't have any male children and say, "Well, actually, your brother should have that land, or like your your male relatives should divide it and leave nothing for your your wife and children." Or alternatively, they will say, "Oh no, we will take the land and we'll take care of it for you, and then we'll disburse money to the wife and children," which I find utterly ridiculous. In fact, recently there was a Twitter debate on this. I don't know if any of you guys are on Twitter. Um, yes, yes, I saw that recently. There was... And I was just, my mouth was open. Because, <laughs> me, yeah, I thought these people are in the village. I did not know that they are among us in, in real I life. Did, I, did, I didn't see the Twitter debate. Uh, there was some I, there was I, I people did. tweeting all kinds of Someone said, oh, someone said that, um, you know, if his brother dies, that he, it, it is his responsibility to take over his properties and like disperse as necessary to his wife and told her that his wife should not be in charge of it because you know she would just waste all the money. <laughs> and I was yes, just like, what I kind of GDP? No, so this is what you are plotting. Like, don't you realize how evil you are being? Like, even if you should think about how you can make your own money and be successful, you are waiting for this guy to die so you can steal his money and yeah. and be benevolent. You think you are like a benevolent, kind God who are like no one. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I really hate the way that a lot of people think that being male gives them some kind of divine rights to dictate the lives of other people as if like, you know, they, they, are, they are automatically smart out. There's nothing like that, to be honest. I know a lot of dumbass men. I know a lot of smart ass men. And I know the same of women. But just by virtue of being a man, it doesn't mean that you are automatically better than any woman because yes. I'm sure that I can point and find 10, 10 women that are smarter than you. You know what I mean? So it just, it's it rankles to yeah. things like that. It's so offensive. But you know, these things will probably still go on in 20 years. So what am I saying? Yes, I did. When, when you said by virtue of being a man, I think you should also say by virtue of it being culture. You know, many people, just because this part of culture favors them, they just want to hold on to it. Like this issue of inheritance it, in the East, it, it's, it's a culture thing. That's how they do. That's how, like, when, they, when the husband dies, even in the olden days, like, the brothers could take over the wife. Like, the wife become theirs. That happens. That used to happen a lot until it started to change recently. But so, you know, a lot of people, a lot of historians say it's not culture. They say it's not yeah. culture. It is yeah, colonialism. That's, that's, you know what I mean? But then the thing is, even if it's culture, continue, that's what sorry. I'm saying. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> They, they claim that it is culture, right? But 
you know, culture evolves. That's what culture does. And we there are so many things that we used to do that used to be part of our culture that we don't do anymore. But because this part favors them, a set of people, they just want it to continue. And I can't consider that culture anymore. That's just cruel, really. So that's just cruel. Um, I agree with what you guys have said. I think that people tend to mask their wicked ways under the guise of culture. So a lot of things that are not even culture, they will say it's culture just because they want to like get away with it or like Missy said, it favors them. And yeah, I agree with you, Ceci. I think property rights, especially like concerning women, is something we need to like work on on the African continent because women are constantly cheated out of like their inheritance and stuff like that. And it just, just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And it's bad enough that it's not just women being cheated out. Like that's a whole other layer to it. But then people cheat out even their own like nephews mm-hmm. and grandchildren. Like they would even cheat their own family, male family. So really it just goes further to show that when they say, oh, it's because you're a woman, it's just a pretext. Because even if you weren't, they would still try their best to steal it from you. But, you know, this just gives them a convenient excuse. Yeah. And do, do you know how much difference what we're talking about, how much uh, difference what we're talking about now and what we were talking about minutes ago is, like, we're just talking about how land was not a commodity and now see how much of a commodity land is mm-hmm. in the present day. Just to tell you how much has changed and how much needs to change. I think our government has to do, like, they have to do more when it comes to issues of land and property rights, really. And I think, as I always say, as individuals as well, I think we need to do better. We need to become, like, more ethical about certain things and, like, do better, honestly. Let's just stop waiting for the government. I think I think something that this... um. This whole, oh my goodness, I, I'm going to deviate a bit, but did you guys see this picture that was trending on Twitter like a few weeks ago about the state, like how dirty Abba is? Do you guys know Abba in... I know Abba, yes, but I know I Abba in Do you guys see the Abba picture? States, but I didn't see that picture, no. Oh my goodness, that place is so dirty. Like it is, oh my goodness, it's very, very dirty. And I'm like, so people keep pouring debt into this place is it that no one none of them nobody has the common sense to say that okay let me go and throw my debt somewhere else or something anyways the point is that we need to start taking responsibility for ourselves as well not just wait for the government so in property rights in i mean like, i agree with that yeah you know. i was gonna say i agree with you saying we need to start taking responsibility for ourselves but i am i am a very um i mean i won't say i mean I'm a studier of human nature. A studier, I will. <laughs> I'm an observer I'm of human nature. <laughs> and I, 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 like, I've come to the conclusion that people will not stop doing something so far as they still gain a benefit from it. So saying like we need to change is the people, the people that are willing to change are not the people that we need to speak to. Those people that are not willing to change, those are the dangerous ones. And those ones will not change because they are gaining something from it. So all those people stealing land from their relatives, they are getting some, what is, what is the incentive for them to stop doing that? There's none. So there has to be like a carrot and stick approach. And the stick needs to be a huge stick carried by a very large person so that they will feel threatened adequately. I feel like we've lost track of the African concept of land. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels so, but we're talking about valid things. Land, yeah, also. okay. 
Yeah. What does land mean to you as an African? Hmm. That's a complicated question. I guess as an African, land just means home to me. Like it just means where I'm from, you know. But I don't know that it has any particularly strong connotations apart from just representing where I'm from because maybe because I don't have land <laughs> you know and that's why so if I had land I would have a different perspective on it what do you think yeah yeah for me I just land could mean so many things but to me I just want to hold on to the identity part of land so just like Ceci said I want to see land as more than a like like a feeling do you get like a place that I can say I can call my my home more than a physical representation? So yeah, land is like an identity to me, like home. So anywhere I go, I always I always say land, not in the physical sense, but in terms of feeling. Interesting. You guys are so deep. That's nice. For me, <laughs> land is property. Like I see land as a commodity. <laughs> <laughs> I want to amass so much land to sell and build stuff on it and then just be part of this capitalist world <laughs> that we live in. Mm. I don't know. I think I have more of a nomadic bent when I think about land. Like because I don't want to amass land. I don't want to. I mean, to be honest, I would like to have a nice place to live with. So maybe one plot or something. Or two, but I don't know how they count plots. I don't get what it means. But I would like to have my own place. But then really, I would like to be able to go anywhere I want to go. Mm-hmm. I don't have any like particular desire to be tied down in one place forever. So I feel like, you know, I like the idea of... That's another thing we should talk about one day is like how basically the world gate keeps Africans. And it's hard for us to go from place to place the way that other people can. Just imagine backpacking with a Nigerian passport. Can you think of stress? <laughs> So, yeah, I think we've come to the end of this episode, right? Yes. We hope you guys enjoyed this. I I, I think I'll call it a rant because yes. a ramble. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> it started yes. off as something like, I don't know, but towards the end, we started discussing about stuff. But anyways, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to like, follow this podcast, share it with your friends, family, colleagues, and don't forget to interact with us on our social media platforms. On Twitter, we're Oriwe underscore Africa. And Oriwe is spelled O-R-I-I-R-E underscore Africa. On Twitter, is the same handle. And check out our website at oriwe.com. Yes. And if you have any perspectives on this topic or you have any ideas about what you would like us to talk about next, we would love to hear from you. So you can go on our website, oriwe.com and just contact us, send us a message. You can send us a message on Twitter, Instagram, where we have the same handle that Harima just said. And we would really, really like to hear from you. And we would like to have you on the show as well. Also, I want to mention that if you like Oriwe and you like our content, please support us. Um, you can go on our website, oriwe.com and find a link to donate to our Patreon, to, to sign up for our Patreon so that you can get, you know, exclusive content, you can hear from us directly, and just support us because you like us. We appreciate it, you know. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, guys.